by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hello, my name's Rachel and this is N17 Women Podcast, the podcast about Tottenham Hotspur women's team. I'm here like usual with my co-hosts, Abby. Hi, Abby. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. International break time, so a bit of a Spurs gap, but it's okay. Also with me is Caroline. Hey, y'all. Excited to talk about uh, the Chelsea game today. Yeah, indeed. And finally, we've got Sean here. Hiya. Hope you're all well uh, and enjoying watching Jess Naz do things for England. Yeah, very excitingly. She started, which she doesn't usually do, so that's really exciting. And hopefully it means that at some point soon we will get a player in the England senior team, but we'll wait for that one. Okay, so today we've got something very special lined up. It's not just the four of us. We've got another two people to talk to, and that's because we are doing a um, crossover with the Frank Kirby Fight Club podcast, which, as the name might suggest, is a Chelsea women's podcast. And so with me and uh, the rest of your N17 women team, we have Andre. Hi, Andre. Hello. Thanks for having me. And uh, this should be fun. Cool. Um, and also Mariam. Hi, guys. It's really fun to, to speak to you guys. I've been kind of keeping a track of what you guys post and, and reading some of your content. So I'm quite excited to hear from you. And this podcast is going to be a little bit different because it's basically going to be us asking Mariam and Andre about Chelsea and what we're likely to face when we play Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So that's going to be most of what's on the podcast. But before we get to that, can I just um, ask Mariam and Andre, tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do. Um, Well, we kind of like started it out almost, I think it was three seasons ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, where like Andre messaged me and he was like, do you know anyone who's a Chelsea fan and might want to start a podcast? And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go away and think of some people. And I realized I was I was people. I was the person I was thinking of. And I was like, yeah, let, let's do this. And to be honest, we've pretty much done a podcast every single week. Um, but obvious gaps in the, in the schedule since then and, and the podcast has taken off. And normally what we do is we preview and, and review games and we kind of started off with maybe like a clear structure but as we, as things have developed I think we've become much more comfortable with just reacting to things and kind of being ourselves and I think that's what people like about the pod. Yeah it's been an interesting one because we like I basically the re- the whole reason I got into it is because I just motor mouth about the team regardless of who's listening <laughs> and I was like maybe it would be better if I talked to somebody who actually wanted to listen about these things and 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 give me like conversation and then maybe we can see if anybody else is interested and uh it's been great to to see the response and to talk to Mariam about the game so yeah I'm very glad that my random uh long-winded tirades about Chelsea women uh <laughs> this other people are interested in listening to them never really thought that would be the case but I appreciate it that sounds fantastic. And a very similar origin story to ours, actually. So yeah, I think maybe that's the way in which lots of people get into, especially podcasts about women's football, is that trying to find other people to talk to about it. And 
yeah, it's great to create these kind of spaces. So uh, before we get stuck into the questions, just uh, a heads up to anybody who wants to hear our thoughts on the game is that you're now going to hear mostly from Mariam and Andre, but we also uh, answered questions for them. And so you can listen to their podcast and get all of what we were saying about Spurs. So let's get on with it. Okay, so uh, let's start off with the season so far. How how do you Chelsea fans feel it's going so far? I guess it's a bit of a tricky one because starting the season with a defeat, especially what happened last season, it, it's a bit strange. It's almost like too coincidental. It was, you know, a time where a lot of new signings had come in over the summer and a lot of people were excited about those signings. But there was just so much experimentation going on and I think that Liverpool game just hit us really hard. So to be behind for the second season running in the first fixture, um, not as controversial as last season. You know, me, Andre and I always talk about the Arsenal goal that Beth Mead scored that should have been offside. We didn't really have much to complain about in that sense um, this season. So that was tricky to start off with. But I think over time, we've seen how the team has gelled quite more often. And although our midfield has been a bit questionable because we didn't end up signing a number eight, we've found formations and methods that have worked for us and um, our attack with Lauren James coming back into it and then starting the way she started has been really really exciting to see I think Andre would probably say the same <laughs> yeah uh, you know me big massive Lauren James fan um, <laughs> I just been so happy for her and her start but yeah I think the overall start to the season has been a weird one you know the loss at Liverpool you know Emma Hayes being away from the team with the procedure that she mm-hmm. had um, does feel like she's healing up and should be there for the game. Um, it's been an interesting one. There's also been this hybrid back three, back four thing that Chelsea is trying to do, uh, going okay sometimes and not okay other times, but um, seem to have been able to get results when we needed them, which is nice. And at least in the attacking sense, the team has started to look a little better in the past couple of games. I mean, I think it's more than two seasons you've struggled in the first game of the season. So it does seem to be a bit of a pattern for you, sadly, <laughs> from your perspective. Um, what what are your hopes? I mean, obviously, I guess you're, you're looking at, at, at the league and, and hoping to win that again. And, and uh, But what are the big goals for this season and, and how do you see those progressing now that we've had a few games? Yeah, I you know, that's an interesting one because I do think that Europe is the big goal. Yep. I just... Don't know if we're there yet, um, but I do think that, you know, Emma Hayes has not been shy about saying that, that she wants to win the Champions League. Um, and that's great because so do I. Um, but it's like also you have these the league to worry about. And yes, we won it, you know, quite a bit recently, but there's always challenges. We talked about, you know, the way that we won it last season was just it was dramatic and exciting for the league. But my heart probably, you know, aged a good, you know, <laughs> two, three years on that one, maybe 10 uh, so yeah, it's been a lot, but yeah, I, I am excited for this team. We added a lot of key pieces, depth pieces, pieces that should give us versatility in Europe, how that all comes together in the league against teams. Um, I, it still kind of remains to be seen, um, kind of got away with doing some rotation in some games early, but we'll see if we're able to do that throughout the season. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing, though, because our, uh, we've added so much to our squad and we've got really insane squad depth this season. It does mean that there's a lot more room for experimentation and a lot more, more room for like mistakes and, and weird stuff happening and, and players sort of less positionally aware. And, and obviously, as Andre says, because there are more games, we're going to see that rotation a lot. But I think something that we discussed the last 
um, episode was that perhaps all those things are a, a bit sort of mixed up at the moment because Emma Hayes really, really hasn't had time herself because of, of her own absence from the squad to really sort of put her stamp on it. So we're hoping that, you know, we're getting through this period of sort of things being slightly crazy and weird. And um, once we start building consistency with knowing the, the formation that we're playing, whether it's a back three or a back four, we can start implementing that in the Champions League. And, you know, we, we talked about new players coming in. It seems like those players have been picked specifically. I think there was a quote Emma Hayes said that we looked specifically for certain profiles. So these players have been picked specifically to to not have a repeat of what happened last season in the Champions League, which is we were kicked out quite embarrassingly in the group stages. So hopefully, you know, everything's happening from here on now will be directed by that. But, you know, we can't really know. We've got to keep our fingers crossed. Would you take Champions League win and not winning the Super League? <sighs> it's a tough one. Oh, it's tough for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not tough for no, me at all. It's not t- um, You know, I understand. We've won the league quite a bit recently. I know. I'd be fine giving one of those up for a Champions League, especially given know, what happened versus but I Barcelona, feel like, which we don't like to talk about. I feel like if we let Arsenal win the league, they'll just lap it up and they'll be like endlessly just, they will never, ever forget it that one time, you know. Um, but I, understand, I know what you mean because it's been a couple of seasons where this is just what everyone talks about in the off season. All the players, all the the manager, you know, the manager staff. We want to win the Champions League. We need to win the Champions League. Um, Andre's right. Not really sure where we are at the moment. I have to see more of us playing the Champions League to kind of be decisive about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. I'll, to clarify, I don't see us winning the Champions League this year. <laughs> um, I, I think Lyon is struggling with a lot of injuries as well. I think Barcelona, of course, Mateus is out. He might be back by the end of the season. We'll see. But that Barcelona team is still extremely good. And Lyon seemed to be the the team that had the pieces to beat them. And with them struggling, I, I think that this looks like Barcelona all the way. It'd be nice if we could get like a one-game sample and, and get revenge on them. But I don't think that's going to happen. But, oh, I would take that over the WSL right now, at least this season, in a heartbeat. This will be your first game at Stamford Bridge for a while, correct? Uh, how do you think that that is going to affect the game? Because we know that Emma Hayes has been very keen to remain at Kings Meadow rather than playing at Stamford Bridge very often because she talks about it producing a better atmosphere. Um, I think it's 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 weird only because this was meant to be the first game of the season. It was meant to be the season open at Stamford Bridge. You know, sold out. Um, Emma Hayes wrote a piece post-Euros about what we could do to expand the Euros and she talked about how having the men's stadium meant that you could, you know, get an affordable ticket at a cheap price and then come fill out the seats. And it was part of this whole pushing campaign and, and that was derailed, you know. So it's strange that it's been pushed along because you don't have that kind of, like, momentum behind it. But at the same time, I think you kind of do because actually Emma's going to be returning. Um, she's been on leave, obviously, for so long. She transitioned from watching from the couch and she really couldn't stand that so she came to start watching games and it seems like she's going to be playing a big part in this game so although it kind of feels like that momentum is derailed it I, I think that actually there's probably a lot of hype around this fixture for the fact that she's coming back and it's a big game and 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 Spurs have been maybe not so much like Brighton but Spurs have been one of those teams that we've found quite tricky in the last couple of years so there's every reason to be kind of excited about it. Yeah, I think the last game at Stanford Bridge was against Spurs, wasn't it? Um, I think it was mm-hmm. that Bethany England goal from from when, and then the rest of the game was just kind of 
weird. And I think that's kind of an unfortunate thing that you, you hear that a lot of times, you know, teams switching stadiums, getting used to a different pitch. I mean, it's, it's all, all of that is different. And, you know, I've heard from the players, heard from the supporters group as well. They feel like Kings Meadows is the home. And as much as they want many fans in the stands, it, it, there is something to having a home. So I think there is a balance that needs to be done where you want to get in the bigger stadiums. You want to be able to make the team be that draw and sell out, you know, 20, 30,000. But also there's, it's important to have a home. It's important to have that kind of support, that kind of atmosphere that Kings Meadow has, because no matter what, you can... The supporters create an atmosphere in Kings Meadow that is amazing. It's hard to replicate that at Stanford Bridge just because where the team is at right now. And so I kind of I'm always a little weird about these games. On one hand, I'm like, yes, this is perfect. I love it. And then on the other hand, I kind of feel for the supporters and the players because they have to adapt to, to a completely different thing. And that can affect the performance from time to time. And do you have any information about how many tickets have been sold? No, I haven't seen anything. Mary, have you seen anything? Um, no, um, I know that the game against United with United had sold and I think I might have seen this out on Twitter, like 8,000 plus, I think it was 8,600, um, or at that point they'd sold as many as 8,600 and that, that might have changed. Um, so I'm, I'm not quite sure how that changes for the Kings Meadow, obviously different stadium, but you know, there's a large following and people go every week. Um, and when I was going last season, to the games at Kingsborough, you could see all the way down the street, the streets were packed. You know, it was a very exciting season. As Andre says, it was chaotic and dramatic, but it meant more people wanted to be a part of it and watch it. And as stressful as it is for us as fans, it, it was more entertaining. Um, so if, if it's anything like that, you know, if this season anything like last, then you can expect that people are going to come and watch. And I did hear that they gave, you know, the people who had tickets for the what was supposed to be the season opener, they gave the the, the mm-hmm. ability to, of course, just have their tickets transferred to this match. So I'm hoping that the same numbers still apply, but we haven't seen an update. I just did like a quick Google search and not that it was the most thorough search in 20 seconds, but from what I saw, I didn't <laughs> see a number update just yet. So getting to sort of like from the stadium to what's going to happen on the pitch, how do you think Chelsea are going to line up against Spurs? I'm laughing because I'm going to let Miriam take this one because this team confuses me. He wants to do this. Sometimes. He put me on the yeah. He does put me on the spot. I, I mean, to be honest, I put him on the spot too. Um, it, it's interesting because so far in this season, in 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 games where we might consider something bad happening to us, we decide that we are going to play conservative football. We saw it against Man City. We saw it little little bit against Manchester United. Respectively, Spurs are obviously not at that you know same level however it's a difficult game because of what's happened recently for Spurs the win against Brighton the the talent that you hold individually with players like Ashley Neville and and I think that there's definitely reason for there to be concern and if that's the case and I I think that they might be quite a strong back three just to help maintain possession from the highlights I watched um, Spurs playing there was quite a high press and I'm just wondering whether we need we might need more players at the back who can who can play forward passes and and have comfortable possession. Um, so that's what the back three gives us. I think in terms of our midfield, Sophie Ingle's been starting quite regularly next year in Cuthbert, and despite the fact that she was, I think, at fault for maybe at fault or in around the goal that we conceded against United last last week. She's been doing really well in that role, and it's given us more of a stability in midfield. It allows Erin Cuthbert to be more sort of provocative with the ball and go forward a lot more um so I think we're looking at like a 
a 3-4-3 and, and Penilla Harder has been in really good form um, and you're expecting Lauren James to play up there as well. So I, um, I think it's going to be a, sort of a formation where we have a lot of possession and it's going to be quite a quick possession. You can expect a lot of transitions. Um, I think I saw a stat from like the stats I get from, from the FA and one of them was about how Chelsea are like the number one team when it comes to transitions. So I think you're, you're looking at a team that's going to try to conserve possession and use that in, in counter-attacks. That's what I feel, I say looking at a team, I think that's like the team I would want to see, but, you know, we say that every week and then we look at the, the starting 11, it's like you got to sit down with a paper and pencil and work out where all the players are. Chelsea are probably one of the, like we said last pod, probably one of the teams that do it more than the other teams. So um, I'm hoping the back three in a strong midfield, but who knows? Who knows is a good way to put it. Um, I like Emma Hayes has been, and and well, I guess Denise Reddy as well. Just like, like the the game against United, I had no like. Neve Charles was suddenly <laughs> in at right back, and we were like, what, "Why? Like, what, I don't understand." Paris looked to be playing well, looked to be settling with that position, and then that happens, and you're like, "Okay." Not that she didn't deserve it, but it just seemed like, given what we were going to face against United, that Paris would have been an option that you would have assumed would get the start, and that's not what happened. So that was a little strange, um, but it worked out well. Uh, so, yeah, it's just that this team has a lot of talent. I think that they're also figuring things out in defense. You know, Magda Erickson has been playing a lot of left center back, left back this this season, um, given the hybrid thing that they're doing in the back. We've seen, I think, another interesting thing about the United game is that Khadija Buchanan and Millie Bright switched, which I thought was really, really good because Khadija Buchanan on the right is a much different proposition than her central I think her on-ball skills are really important everywhere on the pitch, but some of the defending was a little different. She got into some weird challenges, and of course we know about the Liverpool game, which was unfortunate, Um, but putting her more on the right I think is important. So I think they're kind of figuring out the best configuration, but what that really means for me is every time I see a lineup, I just do that meme that like all the math-like formulas are flying (laughs) and somebody's like looking off into the distance. That's pretty much what I do. That's interesting because we were going to ask you about whether or not your back line is settled now, having been oh, very gosh. unsettled at the start of the season. And it sounds like the answer is no. In it's... terms of three of the personnel, <laughs> yes. I think you will always see Magda Erickson, Millie Brighton, Khadija Buchanan, as long as they're healthy uh, and we're not doing any rotation. Apart from that, who's going to play right back? If they're going to play right back or right wing back? I don't know. Okay, we've mentioned Lauren James a couple of times and she's a player who uh, Spurs fans have a little bit of a history with from her days at Manchester United. Uh, She does seem to be coming into her own this season. Uh, What do you think is, you know, making the difference and meaning that she's kind of coming into herself now and what can Spurs do to shut her down? I think a lot of people just really, like, underestimated her ever since she joined Chelsea. You know, there was quite like a season and a half where it was just completely quiet. She didn't have a starting times, not a lot of rotation. She came on against um, City in the Conti Cup final and, you know, appeared quite sort of timid. I think a lot of people looking to latch onto that and say, you know, you signed this player, what have you done with her? But I think Andre and I know very well that whenever he signs players, she works incredibly hard with them in a developmental sense. And what we're seeing this season is, isn't just, you know, some kind of magical spell that was cast upon her in the last sort of month or so, it's the culmination of those past two seasons where she's been working on her game and she's finally reaping the rewards of that. I feel like asking the question of how to shut her down is just like, 
it's an impossible question. She, she, you know, her movement and fluidity with the ball when she's running, it's like players are just bouncing off her. You know, it's incredibly difficult to stop her. She's incredibly fast. She's often the one who's leading counterattacks. Um, very sort of reactive and quick when there's a turnover in possession. It, it's so hard. And I think it's like one of the situations where you just need to aggressively man mark because as soon as you give her even a little bit of space, and she's also very good at manoeuvring herself out of tight spaces, but even a small amount of space and you're in trouble. So my idea like of, of trying to stop Lauren James is getting a couple of players to stick to her, maybe for as long as she's on the pitch, because she is just incredibly quick with the ball and incredibly confident with it as well. Yeah, I love Lauren James. She's like redefine, you know, the, there's always that thing where like a player who's been injured is coming back and it's like a new signing. She is like the definition of that. Like we have not, we didn't have this last season, even though she was on the, on the squad, but yeah, she has been outrageous. Um, she's got ridiculous talent. I think they were really smart and obviously having the type of atta- attacking talent that Chelsea have, you can do this, but I think they were really smart to be very patient with her. I think giving her time, letting her recover from all the injuries that she picked up at United um, was just really, really important. And, the, and like Mariam said, we're getting the reward for that. As far as stopping her, my suggestion is to pay a groundskeeper to go in and lock the dressing room door so that she doesn't <laughs> make it out onto the pitch. I think that's really the best way to do it because we've seen multiple defenders just like she's so calm with three people running at her. She doesn't really care. She keeps the ball close in the worst case scenario is she gets a foul. Other than that, she wriggles out of it. She creates a chance. She gets a shot off. It's just like, she's she's outrageous. So yeah, um, I don't recommend, you know, legally, <laughs> throw a disclaimer, don't do that. But if you want the best chance of stopping her, uh, keep her in the locker room until the game is over. So you guys have told us a lot about how strong Chelsea is. What I want from you now is where are the chinks? Where What could go wrong? In your worst case scenario, where do you most likely see a problem emerging? Oh, that's midfield. Easy. Um, I think Sophie Engel has been very good, but there was a reason we are looking at adding another midfielder. We don't have Melanie Leopold. She's still out on maternity leave. Uh, did have her baby, which is adorable. You should check, check the baby out. It's great. Um, but yeah, the midfield is not set. Erin um, Cuthbert is great. I love her tenacity. I think she's a talented midfielder. Um, but it is not a midfield currently that I, I think is completely resistant or not able to be get, uh, get at. So I do think there are some things there. I think if you run some players at Sophie Engel and you don't really allow her time and space on the ball to be able to maneuver it and make those little simple passes that she makes. And I say simple, not in a derogatory term. I think you need somebody who's going to take care of the ball and do that. And she's excellent at it. But I think under pressure, um, she can she can cough the ball up a bit. We did see in the United game, mm-hmm. um, United's goal came from Aaron Cuthbert making a bad pass. I think you put them under pressure and you get a, you get a chance um, to, to go the other direction and hit Chelsea quick on the counter. So I don't think there are no weaknesses on the team. They've gotten better uh, across the back with Buchanan as well in Paris. So I think there are less spaces out wide uh, that, that we've been conceding. Also, Magda is has like an up and down time at left back. If she's playing left back, sometimes she's great at it. And sometimes she can be like, <laughs> like Miriam talked about uh, Nikita Paris um, got by her a couple of times. And that was that was a little scary from especially early. But yeah, I, I think there are definitely routes to goal in this team. If you can get the right opportunity at the right time. 
I mean, you are right though. Like in that United game, that goal came by United doing what we were actually doing to them most of the game, which was a, qu- a quick moment in the back, high pressing, um, you know, wanting very little time on possession. And then it was our midfield really. It was I think it was Erin Cuthbert who um, just wasn't reactive enough and she did end up scoring at the end. But that that's the thing that, you know, you pay quite a high risk when you say that one of your holding midfielders is going to be pushing up slightly forward you open yourself up to more gaps. And I think that Elatoun and Alessia Russo were quite smart in exploiting that. So there, there are going to be teams who have the talent and potential to do that. And I think if there's one way to get at Chelsea, it will be by matching the speed. Um, it's just about whether teams can keep up with that with the duration of the 90 minutes, I think. I'm curious how much of an impact y'all think Drew Spence is going to have against her former club. Andre, I'm going to let you take this one. <laughs> Um, I'm always scared of former players playing against Chelsea. Um, it's always, it's always a fun thing because they tend to do very well. Um, unfortunately, you know, Maria Thorstater and Hannah Blundell didn't do all that great for United, but that's fine. Um, point still stands. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I watched Drew Spence a lot because she was in the, in the summer. She was with Jamaica with the W Championship and I was paying attention to that as somebody who follows, um, you know, the international game and of course the U.S. Women's National Team. And I was so mad she didn't start in the game against the U.S. Women's National Team because I felt like their weakness is midfield right now. And I thought she could have had a great game. Like she could have had a very good game and that could have been a very dangerous thing. So I'm kind of frustrated about that. But that kind of lets you know how much I think of her, how highly I think of her. And I'm really kind of sad that like we just as I mentioned, we need help in midfield. Would have been nice to have Drew Spence around, uh, but we apparently didn't think so. So, yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about that. I think she is has a profile that could definitely cause some problems. And if that is a weakness, like I I think it's in terms of the Chelsea squad, I think it is there for the taking. And I think Drew Spence is, Drew Spence is smart enough and familiar enough with the players there. Um, to be able to do something with that. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm slightly concerned about it. I'm not going to lie. Also, she's got a banging goal against Brighton, like the, the little turnaround move, like yeah. scooping the ball behind her, but it's still at the same time somehow getting the power to for it to go the length and, you know, the accuracy of it. Um, maybe what, my favourite goal of that of that game. So she's more than capable of, of not just sort of playing that, that position midfield, but also a very important part of the Spurs attack. So... I think that's going to be interesting as well. Well, since Abby has joined us, I know there was a question she particularly wanted to ask. <laughs> um, that's right. That's right. Hi, guys. Um, so so why won't you give us Beth England? <laughs> <laughs> I'll scam her here. She's been like secretly, she's got something on her. I mean, she's just had a very strange, I think Chelsea have a very strange relationship with Beth because Emma Hayes you know, has like this relationship where she gets the most out of Beth by, you know, not playing Beth in games, leaving her on the bench, being very cold with her. And we spent a couple of seasons just speculating and conspiracizing over that. But but actually it's just what works for her. Um and it, it seems that they have a very good relationship in which that Beth has a very strong rotational player. She comes on for us um when there are injuries and she is reliable and consistent with her playmaking ability especially because she already had that relationship with both Fan Kirby and Sam Kerr so it's someone who's who's sort of familiar and comfortable with playing in that role but um there were rumors last season that she was going to Manchester United and I was really upset about that and, and now more rumors that she might be going on loan to, to elsewhere I don't know how I would feel about giving her up to like a fellow 
WSL team. I feel like if there's anything, she should go abroad. But um, you guys might get her, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> the Bethany England case is so interesting. <laughs> I've been wanting her to, like, I love her as a player. And I think that she should, she's, she deserves to start for a team. Like, Sam Kerr is, like, one of the rare forwards that you're just not going to replace and or, or supplant. And it's just, like... I love how much she seems to love Chelsea. I think it's great. She seems to be very comfortable, but I'm like for her career, like especially with the national team, you know, she she really had an opportunity to get to that number nine in the national team if she was a starter on another team and, and getting those, you know, frequent chances because we know she can score in this league. She she led Chelsea before they got Sam Kerr. She, she led the team in goals. I think she had like 15 that season. It was almost a goal a game. She was very, very good. But, oh, my God, like – she just won't go. And on one hand, I love it because when she scores, like nobody celebrates like Bethany England. She'll like just sprint down the line, grabbing the shirt, kissing the badge. And I'm like, I love your passion. But also, where does this come from? Because you rarely play and you know you're good enough to start. I don't really get it. The big question um, at the end. Let's have your score predictions. Oh, she pulled a Miriam on us. <laughs> Your turn, Miriam. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna ask this question. In fact, I was gonna ask this as the very first question to put you guys on the spot and ask for like. When I ask Andre, I ask specifically for goal scorers in time and stuff. But he, he never does it. Um, I think this has like a classic two-one written over it, just because that's been like the score line in, in the last couple of head-to-head clashes, and Chelsea have just edged it. Um, although we seem to have signed better players, I think. You know, and I will keep saying until I have proof that it's been it's gelling. Uh, we're still going through a pretty intense experimentation period, um, and so I guess in a sense the time for pushing us is now, while we're still getting to grips with that. So it seems like two one is a good shout. Um, you know, it's kind of like an edgy game. It's a pretty big stadium. Emma's coming back. It seems like the kind of scoreline. Yeah, this has been a weird one. I always waffle when we make predictions just because I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always wrong and I just never I never know how a game is going to go. And this one has even more weird like outside factors. You know, it is at a different ground. Uh, Emma Hayes will be back, which will be different. It's not different for a lot of the players. They're familiar with her, but it just will be different in terms of the style of play they're trying to, to they're trying for right now. I just really don't know. Um, I'm, you can't I say you don't know because I wanted to say two to one, but now I can't copy. He you just wanted to copy. He wanted so, to copy me. He no, does this every time. I didn't at all. <laughs> um, and I just talked about how much I'm scared of Drew, Drew Spence, so I can't really say two nil. Oh, this is really unfortunate. I'm, I'm going to say one nil. I think it's going to be nervy, just like the first match at Stamford Bridge. And um, I don't know when the goal is going to happen, and I don't know the goal scorer. So sorry. <laughs> Well, that's all for today, folks. Thank you so much to our guests, Andre and Miriam. Definitely check out their podcast, Fran Kirby's Fight Club, especially their episode featuring us, where we answered their questions about Tottenham Hotspur women. This has been the N17 Women Podcast. You can find us online at all the usual places, though I have to wonder how many more times we'll get to say that, what with the current state of Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you after the Chelsea game. Mm-hmm.